are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. back to the dynasty rewind everybody i'm your host michael bauer the best in the business is back in business we have a very special episode tonight joining me like always we have pork man what's going on pork not much man just can't i'm actually really excited to see dan today so i can't I'm super excited so i know Everyone, you want to introduce him i do i want to introduce him and then we're going to get to our second guest so uh joining us we have our uh, resident best ball guru and dfs guru um, you may know him from Twitter at the B League says. Um, his real name is Dan. So joining us, we have Dan, and hopefully I'm saying your last name correctly. Is it Rosier? Is that correct? That's as close as anyone will get it, mate. Yep, that's about it. But very good to be here. Good to see everyone tonight. Long time coming. Happy, very happy to be here. A part of the uh rewind crew now. It's very yeah. it's very nice. I it get to the, I get to wear the soft tea and actually say that I get to uh work with these guys now. Softest <laughs> tea ever, go to Viridian Global, get yourselves one. No worries. Look at this. Oh, He's number one. Company man first. Number and one. now until Father's Day, use the code rewind and uh, you can get 10% off any Dynasty Rewind merch. So some of the best merch on the planet. And I think Andrew Mackins, who is our second guest, is gonna go scoop some up in a minute. You can find him on Twitter <laughs> at Andrew Mackins. So Andrew, you are our underdog representative, that is correct. That is correct. I am on the marketing team at Underdog. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm looking forward to talking about some best ball. Yeah, we're looking forward to it too. So admittedly, I'm a noob when it comes to best ball. Um, I'm actually in my first best ball draft right now. Um, yeah, so a little bit different than what I'm used to. My thought process has been a lot different. And I just want to say that I love Maddie Big Chest a lot. He's fantastic. <laughs> Great work. But I'm used to drafting dynasty drafts or redraft. So I'm on the clock and I'm like, okay, so my strategy, I'm just going to tell you my strategy. You guys can tell me what you think. Okay. My strategy is every draft pick I'm drafting for maximum ceiling. I'm not taking any safe players because you, you don't need to essentially max ceiling. So I'm standing, look at my phone, like he's safe, but I think this guy's better. And my phone's blowing up. Like Mike, come on, pick Mike, come on, pick Mike, come on, pick. And I'm like, <laughs> First of all, I'm standing in front of my toolbox at work. Not really supposed <laughs> to be on my phone. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this draft. So, Andrew, I want to start it off with you. You know, Dan has this fantastic sheet right here. Oh, you uh, heard of that? Oh, yeah, right. I did that. Yeah. And you listen to Maddie instead? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have the sheet printed out at work with me. Yeah, uh, yeah. There we go. Um, but, Andrew, so what I'd like you to do, tell me just one of your one of the pieces of advice you would give a person playing best ball for the first time. And then tell me a little bit about underdog and what separates you guys from everybody else. Yeah, of course. Uh, best ball advice starting there. I think you're right there with the upside portion of that. And as we know, just, let's just use wide receivers as an example of a, of a position. We'll talk through some different strategies and whatnot, but wide receiver, a lot of wide receivers can have, you know, those top, 
10 finishes, they'll get 250, 300 point seasons. You know, the best guys, the DeAndre Hopkins, the Stefan Diggs of the world. And there will, there will be great wide receivers throughout the ranks, but they're a lot harder to predict from week to week, right? They'll have their spike weeks where they just dominate an entire game and they'll have games where they have less than 100 yards receiving. And where because of that variability at wide receiver, I think really stacking up at that position in particular is super important in my mind because it allows you to take advantage of the variability, have some of those late rounds, you know, kind of flyer wide receivers might fill in and have a startable week for you in the middle of the season or like when those bye weeks come around. And I think that factors right into the idea of upside, right? You're you're banking on the upside and the spike weeks from wide receivers that are at the back, back half of your wide receiver lineup or your wide receivers on your team. And you're also kind of taking a more risk but higher upside when you're drafting fewer tight ends and fewer quarterbacks. So we'll get to that as well because I think that, you know, not overloading at those positions is really important to create a winning lineup. Now, underdog, how are we different? I mean, really talking about best ball in general, I would say we are the preeminent place for best ball drafts. Everyone knows the best part about fantasy sports is the drafting aspect. And so we have those season-long best ball drafts for football right now. We also have daily fantasy-style games uh, in the other three major sports, hockey, baseball, and basketball where you can do a draft that's just for, you know, the three NBA games that are going on tonight or, you know, tomorrow night's slate. And that allows you to still kind of have this like play DFS cash games essentially. Uh, while also having the kind of a unique play to it where there's no overlap in the lineup, right? Like if you draft Kevin Durant, cause you lucked into the first pick in your draft, you're the only person that has Kevin Durant. And so that's like a unique strategy, uh, something that we've had since uh, the team at Underdog originally developed draft, which was acquired by FanDuel. So so that's a bit of Underdog's history. So we really have that, you know, kind of in our bones of, you know, one, being addicted to sports and following it, but also (laughs) uh, best ball being in our blood and, and drafting being at the forefront of everything we do. I mean, I like that, that only one person could have a player. And it's, it's great, too, for the fiends out there that a guy like me, I love doing DFS stuff. I love drafting, but I don't really watch a lot of hockey. I don't watch a lot of basketball or baseball. So this is kind of a good way to get into it. So, mm-hmm. Dan, if I can, you have I, some, something you'd like to say. I, I can't I can't wait to get into the in-season drafting on Underdog. I if, if, it's, if, if it's everything that I think it is from what draft was and how I see it being used with other, other sports at the moment, it'll blow everyone away again because that was so much fun. I, I can't tell you anything else. There's nothing else like it when you go in season. And I'm not sure. Is that an auction format as well? So they're all draft formats. Okay, draft formats. As okay. opposed yeah. to like a salary cap draft. Yeah. And we okay, have so, like, yeah. yeah. So I know, I know in the old draft, it was auction formats for drafting a lineup. So they had that. I remember that. That was, what, two, three seasons ago, right? So you draft your lineup. You'd only get that player, but it was in auction format as well, which was just... Interesting, yeah. It was ridiculous because I'd never done auction. That was my introduction to auction drafting as well. So I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I hadn't even heard of that. Yeah, so that was was on the old draft format. So I remember doing that. Like, you'd see people drop like 96 bucks. I think it was like Saquon's rookie year. So that might have been two years ago, three years ago. So... 
they dropped 96 bucks on Saquon and spent a dollar on another five positions or four positions or whatever it was. <laughs> sure, it sure. was so much fun. Sounds good. So if not, then even having this sort of format through underdog during the season, it's going to open so many more people up to playing not just DFS, but best ball going forward. And I, I yeah, I, I could be more excited about it to be honest. Yeah. That's the, the real interesting thing. Yeah. Like Michael mentioned is like the, the mode, like the cash game you're in that just oh, yeah. like you could get in with just like 12 of your friends or 11 of your friends for a 12 team draft. And it's just for week one or, or just for week two. And then we do have during the season, also these battle Royale, tournaments where you do a draft that's just for one week but you also do have your lineup or your draft going up against everyone else's so it's yeah. more similar to like a DraftKings yeah, tournament tournament format yeah right. but the there's not nearly as much overlap like only what eight and a half percent or whatever one twelfth of people in the tournament are going to have Christian McCaffrey you can't have like 40 percent of the people in the nice. in the pool don't have uh McCaffrey on their roster so it's a little bit different strategy that way too so, you guys, uh, you noticed that Sleeper has best ball now as well. But uh, let, let's talk about the differences here. Like, why underdog? And you know, this is going to be something that people are going to ask. Why underdog and why not Sleeper? I'm not even going to. I'm, I'm going to handle this one. I, <laughs> I, I just like Sleeper for what that is. Personally, this is just from a gamer's perspective. I'm going to keep my dynasty and redraft leagues to that only. I just like the idea of separating the two as it is. I find it easier that way. So I know what I'm looking at too. So I will say, yeah, I, I, perfect. The underdog app is perfect. It's so, it's so smooth. It it's is smooth. And I know where my deposits are going. I know where my lineups are. And if I want to check in on them, I can. I don't want to flood what I have with Sleeper, with my dynasty leagues or whatever, with this as well. So I, as soon as I saw that this was available and I knew that sleeper came out with best ball as well. I'm like, I'm not even going to bother with that. I'm just going to go straight to underdog. If I can, I was also, I was also with two other platforms playing best ball and I couldn't be happier with what I've seen with underdog as well. Like how it's all formatted, the setup, it's so easy to use. I'm, I'm a very basic person in terms of app use. I couldn't be happier with how, how easier it is. The interface is so easy to use on underdog. I, I, it's an amazing platform. Everyone, it's got to be. It's got to be like the cleanest interface I've seen in terms of be. drafting. Oh yeah, it's so and, and it's quick. There's no there's no errors. There's no nothing. It's it's great. And the difference between a default sleeper best ball league, from what I've heard, and an underdog one is your sleeper best ball league will still have like head to head matchups, and you can still do trades and waivers if you so choose. So. It basically takes the managed league aspect minus the lineup setting. And so if you just want no like sweat with setting a lineup or there's you take that element of skill out of it, but you're still doing waivers and trades, it's kind of like a like a different version of best ball. I wouldn't even I don't know. It's, it's not really best ball in my opinion. It, it yeah, it's, it's not it's, the same as season long no. best ball that, where that like, you, like you set it, you draft, you forget, you forget it after that. Yeah. It sounds it like, like a beginner's way to, it sounds like a beginner's way into fantasy. Okay. This is how you draft and this is how you do waivers, but don't worry about setting your lineup. We got you. Ah, come on. And one oh, thing I will say too, you know, if, you know, obviously sometimes you want to play for money. If you're doing that on sleeper, you have to trust somebody. Yep. Do your PayPal mm-hmm. or Venmo. And you, you know, you never know. People get shady. It happens all the time. Everybody has bad commissioner stories. And this is a way around that. 
you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about that. You guys, you know, you back everything. So, and I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm on the app right now. I'm going to share the screen real quick here just so that everybody can see what exactly, how do I do this again? Uh, yeah. And while you're doing that, uh, I had Maddie set up a, a one of the best balls on underdog. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So I just left the league and it's automatically just pushed the money back in there. So it wasn't, yeah. I like that part too. Yeah, that's really nice. You know, we we manage a balance on here. We have pick them games as well. We don't need to get into that, but you can see them on the site right now. Uh, things, right? Yeah, I mean, so you can you can pick player props during the season two, Dan, and try oh. to string a couple together and like 10x yeah, on your know. money. And then you, you carry me. a balance and you can use that money on either pick them or on drafts. And I think I think there's a lot of options within the app besides right. just a season long best ball, but you are right where you kind of pay, you draft, you, you don't have to worry about it. And then at the end, you know, if you take first place in your league or if you're, you know, get higher up in our, in our huge best ball tournament, best ball mania too, then yeah. you might win even more money. <laughs> yeah, you, can, you, can, you can also see how like the prop bet market is starting to get into the D it's starting to integrate with DFS and best ball as well. You can almost see that too. So that's probably going to come over the next year as well, which will throw a whole wrench in everything too. So that's going to be something fun to watch too as well. For sure. So here's one. What do you guys say when people say that best ball doesn't take skill? That oh. it's all drafting and you're not setting a lot of Because I've heard people say that, honestly. So, Andrew, what is your comeback to a statement like that? Well, I mean I... – Okay, well then every you're telling me every best ball draft you're ever going to do you're going to take first place because right. only there's only one first place person in a best ball draft who gets the most money because they had the best highest scoring team and mm-hmm. you didn't draft as good as that other person if if you you're not first so that that would be my initial bet into it and there are there are certainly good best ball drafts and bad best ball drafts especially in a tournament style. Like if you're drafting, in my mind, if you're drafting four quarterbacks and four tight ends because you're like, oh, this is, you know, it's not a game of skill. It's so easy. I can just draft as many of these positions as I want, and then it's going to just give me the best score. Yeah, but you only have 18 roster spots. So you're going to get screwed somewhere if you take way too many of, of like the quarterback or tight end position, which again, another teaser for the strategy section. But I, I think it's... There's a lot of good writing and analysis out there of how to crush at best ball. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's by any means easy. I think especially in tournament formats, it takes multiple bites at the apple and really developing like a portfolio of different players you're invested in. And so you're evaluating these players the same way you would evaluate them for redraft purposes or dynasty purposes. And to that point, like, if it's a dynasty person who's saying that best ball takes no skill, like most of the dynasty leagues I'm in have a f- like 12 or 15 roster spots and I'm starting the guys I'm starting week in and week out anyway. So there's not as like the lineup setting in dynasty for me is kind of taken out of it too, but maybe that's just how I structure my teams and my teams aren't stacked yet. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk a little strategy here. We're about 15 minutes in. Um, Dan, I'm going to start with you talking some strategies. So first of all, I don't know what to do with this massive packet of paperwork I have here. 
That was an accident. That was half for me. And that was meant to be an article. And I'm not sure which one you have. <laughs> you can still turn it into an article. Yeah, I, I'll give turned, you credit. It turned, into, it turned into an article before it turned into a podcast. It's whatever you, it. it's whatever you uh, sent me on May 23rd is what I'm right, that, that could. I think that could be anything. But that's okay. We can, we can do that. It's a lot of stuff. First of all, I commend you for I don't know where you find time to do this. I know you have a job and children and you're married as well. So, uh, Kudos to you for finding. Oh time. yeah, no, I, I prioritize this over all of the above. Yeah, don't <laughs> worry. Wife, kids, and job. Don't worry about it. They don't provide anything back. Right. So, you know, well, we do not. Pays, we don't pay as good as your uh, as your full time employment. Just for the record. So hopefully you have something for a fallback. So let's talk some strategy. Um, I'm just gonna throw one at you here, and let's see. You got some different strategy stuff. So let's talk about best ball zero RB strategy now. I've heard a lot of people talk about this. Oh, you don't like you look like you don't want to talk about that one so much. Who wants to handle the zero RB in the first place? I think I, I tell you what, finish what you're saying, please, Mike, and then I'll go from there. Okay, yeah. So let's talk about zero RB because you know a lot of people like to load up on other positions earlier. Andrew was talking about how he feels the wide receiver position is very important in best ball. I agree, and unless you look at my draft, in which case I would not agree, apparently. Um, I went two quarterbacks, two running backs early. Just what I did. I was at work. Um, so you know, a lot of people are gonna miss out if they go wide receiver heavy, quarterback heavy. So zero RB, what are your strategies there? So so there's a couple things to look at in terms of zero RB for for best ball. For example, I mean me and Bob, uh, Bob Van, we've been doing a few little mini series. I'll say this. When we recorded it, I think it was last week, uh, the RB twenty six on underdog was Chase Edmonds, and that was in the top fifty. So if you're going zero RB and what pick 52 or 50 or whatever it was is Chase Evans and he's the guy you're leading with, you're in a fair bit of trouble. I'll say that. Uh, I think when it comes to strategies with best ball, more so than I think dynasty or redraft, I think you have to remain extremely fluid with what's being presented to you because when you let value fall and you just let it keep falling past you, you are ultimately going to lose out in the end, I think. So if you're sitting there and it's, the fourth or fifth round, or say you've gone four heavy and you've gone a couple of receivers, a quarterback and a tight end, right? Which which is very common, if, especially if at the back end of the first, you can end up, I love how underdogs ADP is falling at the moment. You can end up with Diggs and Adams and then on the turn, you can end up with Waller and Mahomes. I have no problem with that at all. That's that's fine if that's how it falls to you. But if an, a running back of some consequences there and you need to load up at some point, and you're going to be a little bit more headstrong with what you're doing, I think you're going to lose out in the end. And then what you'll find is three, four rounds later, you're going to start reaching on players that you don't want either. So I think the consequence of letting, I think the consequence of letting like a strategy be keep you so headstrong is you end up reaching in the end. And I think reaching in best ball is it's almost as dangerous as anything else. So I think one will wash each other's hand, and that's not a great way to be either. But I could be wrong. I hope now you're you're our uh, resident. <laughs> I don't care to be wrong. Being wrong is okay because if you learn from it, you produce better work afterwards. That's that's even that's more very important. true. This is true. But I I just again zero RB is fine. But again, if you're leading your running back committee with, and again it could be fine. But if you've got Javante Williams and Leonard Fournette, and you end up with Tony Pollard, you're hoping something goes really really right for these guys, and that right. that's. You know, not as sure-handed as if at the back of the third or at the start of the third round, and a guy like maybe David Montgomery, Chris Carson's there. I think I'd rather know who I would have out of that, especially in that format. 
Um, well then let's, let's tie into the next one, Dan, you can go with this and then Andrew will kick it to you. What are some running back strategies that you do employ? I don't mind the idea of RB heavy if you have to, but again, it comes down to what falls, like especially that. And I'm sure Andrew will agree when you see that if you're at the back end of the first round, you have a litany. I've seen guys like Jonathan Taylor fall to the 10. I've seen Joe Mixon fall to the mid second round. Uh, so it's one of those things where it's great to say you're going to go a certain way, but again, I, would I rather Devontae Adams over Joe Mixon? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think Andrew, our resident Packers fan and Titan fan over here, I think he will <laughs> agree with me when he says uh, says he thinks that Aaron Rodgers will probably still be a Packer this year. If, if I'm getting Devontae Adams in the second round of any draft, I don't care if I've got the idea of going RB heavy, I'm taking Devontae Adams. It's pretty simple. And there goes that whole strategy after my second pick. So I think in that regard, like, yeah, there's a few guys that you can target and all that, but you also don't want to have all the exposure. You want to spread that out a little bit too. So to be careful. I think at the end of the day too, and we can make this case a lot, Andrew, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. Sometimes you don't want to force yourself into drafting a position. And this goes best ball. This goes redraft or dynasty. Draft. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep going back to this well until next year. Work in a league that you and I are in. I was at the one seven and it just got really ugly real quick. It's a one quarterback league. I took Trevor Lawrence. I didn't want to reach for Michael Carter there. I didn't want to reach for anybody else. A lot of the good wide receivers were already gone. So I took who I thought was the best available player on the board. And now I have what I feel is one of the best quarterbacks. So, Andrew, some some running back strategies for you. Would you agree that you don't want to reach? Are you a guy that likes to go running back heavy? Do you go zero RB? How do you do it? So I was a... I guess a zero RB stan, if you will, last year because I was I was reading all the articles about it. But Wait, you let me go on about the whole zero RB thing, and now you're telling me you're a zero RB stan. No, I I, I know I'm turncoat on it because now, like when I'm it's influenced so by I'm influenced by all these best ball strategies and what I think what really worked for. Uh, the guy who took down our huge best ball tournament last year, Justin Herzig, was I, and what a lot of people have been writing about now is this hyper fragile strategy where you go really heavy on running back and you pretty much only draft four or five running backs, and that's it. And that's where, and then when it comes into quarterback and tight end, you're getting one of those top quarterbacks. You got to get one of the top three tight ends. So you have a premium at that at that position and you're only drafting mm -hmm. two of them. And then, like I was mentioning before, you just hammer wide receiver the rest of the way to fill in the blanks. You get like nine, okay. 10 wide receivers. So that's a strategy where your wide receiver upside kind of fills in for the three wide receivers in the flex spot. Your running backs are going to be your running backs the entirety of the season. And you're basically, I mean, again, in a tournament style format when you're kind of shooting for big money, like a million dollars or, or second place is like $250,000 or something. Your player that you're drafting to be your starting quarterback, if it's Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott, you don't need to draft insurance for him getting injured because if he gets injured, you're screwed anyway. Yeah. Like, because you're, then you're just relying on your backups and you're never going to get to that high upside result. So um, I like, I do like going running back, running back on that turn because there are some awesome guys there. You mentioned Packers, Aaron Jones could be oh, a great man. addition at the, at the turn, Austin Eckler, Cam Akers, Joe Mixon, I think are all viable choices. But to your point, I think when you do think about best ball strategy and you're like, damn, I'm going to go into this 
positional strategy. I'm going to only draft four running backs in the first four rounds, and you will miss out on value. Like Devontae Adams, I think, is a screaming value right Michael now. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas in the third round is ridiculous. Yeah, Michael Thomas ADP is super round low. Is ridiculous. It's just there's there's definitely those opportunities for value. And I think then what it comes down to is just making sure like if you're only committed to like this rule of I'm going to draft four or five running backs in my entirety of, of my best ball draft that you're comfortable with whoever those guys are like two really solid RB one and two, like in the first four rounds that you're super confident in. And then those other three guys, you kind of pick as you go and you don't get too committed to one position or another along the way. I have a question, but I want to start with a comment. Um, Jeremy Barker, if you're listening to this, please note that Andrew Mackin said it's Austin Eckler, not Austin Eckler. Dan, that I don't know about you, that would drive me insane. Like I was, it was, you know what it was? The other one was uh, Nook Hopkins. I just <laughs> never. <laughs> oh well, I guess that's his nickname, right? Is Nook, Nook Hopkins? Yeah, well, Nook, yeah. Nook. Nook. I just, Nook. I just, I kept my mouth shut about that for two years, three years. <laughs> but okay, is that Nook. <laughs> Let's say um, I want want to talk about just the the fundamentals of how best ball works, too. It's just a question I have. So let's say I have Travis Kelsey, okay, and he gets hurt and he's going to be out for the season. Can I go make a waiver claim on somebody or it's just you draft and you're done, set it, forget it, no waiver claims, anything like that? So to Sleeper's credit, in their format, you could just drop Kelsey's on the IR. He's not playing another snap. And then you could pick up another tight end. But in underdogs format for season long, you were drafting the team and then you're done. So if you, I, I think in these cash games, if you will, or like the private drafts, if you are only trying to beat your buddies, like it's only 12 teams, there's no tournament aspect to it. I'm okay with drafting a little more depth at different positions, uh, like tight end or, or a quarterback, just because if you do get one guy hurt and then you only have one tight end and then that guy is also hurt one week or he still has his bye week coming up, then you're going to get a zero like one of those weeks. Um, so that's the little bit tougher on like the risk versus the the reward or like the additional upside you get at other positions for, for taking an extra tight end. Yeah. I, I think it's a little more manageable to take multiple and, in like those smaller drafts because we not only have like the 12 man, but some of the fun ones you can do and just create these stacked lineups are three person and six person drafts <laughs> and, and your roster is just yeah. absolute. Like, Oh my it's gosh. It's Everyone's amazing. Hey, the, whole, the whole point of best ball though, is, you know, a lot of people like just drafting and a lot of people don't want to make waiver claims every week. They don't want to set lineups. So it does that for you. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Just to reassure everybody, it's automatically done. It sets your best optimal lineup for you every week, correct? Just like yep. in a redraft league when it says, you know, you set this lineup, Mike, but your optimal lineup would have been this. It's, it's But it actually does that for you, right? Yeah, 100%. Like that's the best part is that you don't have to worry about that. Like I had... I probably set the wrong lineup every week of my redraft league last season <laughs> and still somehow managed to get into the like the championship game but it was just a nightmare trying to pick between uh, like COVID weeks as well oh. yeah like in my flex spot i had to keep picking between like juju and dj Moore, and like each one disappointed me the week that i decided to, to stick with them so it can be really hard 
in that regard. And like this way, you can just draft a bunch of guys that you like. And you're like, one of these guys is going to do well for me each week, right? <laughs> so right. I'm so actually you really don't know. Why don't you guys help me out here? I'm on the clock right now in a best ball draft. And you guys could give me some good strategy tips and help me make a, a pick. How's that sound? Sounds uh, good to me. So I'm at the, I'm drafting at the six five, and my lineup so far is Trevor Lawrence, Aaron Rodgers, Ezekiel Elliott, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and DJ Moore. This is what I have right now. So would you like to know what's available? Just read like the top few at each position. Or yeah, sounds good to me. Quarterbacks, we got like Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady. Uh, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, you know, guys of that ilk. Most of your quote-unquote studs are gone. Uh, running back Chris Carson is there. Dan, you had mentioned him before. James Robinson, Kareem Hunt, Miles Gaskin, Rojo, Trey Sermon, Chase Evans. We're not going to touch him yet right there. <laughs> uh, Leonard Fournette, you talked about him. So it, we're falling off. Uh, Zach Moss, who was the number one rookie running back last year, according to some people. Um <laughs> Wide receiver, we, we got Keenan Allen, who, by the way, in all formats, I feel like Keenan Allen has slept on, just for the record. Everyone's like, oh, he's old. It's like, you know what? He's eight years younger than me. He's not old. Um, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, who I've been told is droppable in some formats as well. T. Higgins, I got Brandon Ayuk, who I actually have in my queue right now. Claypool, Judy, Galladay. So there's some good guys here. Uh, Porkman, are you in this league with me? I am in this league. I'm looking at it right now. Is this tight end premium by chance? Because the, my phone was blowing up yesterday when I was hosting people here, so I have no clue. Yeah, it wasn't me. I okay. think it is tight end premium. Okay. Well, we have no This offense. is a startup draft? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought we were still talking best ball when you were talking about like that Lord. No, it's, still, it's best ball. Like, no, this is, oh, it is best ball, but it's dynasty. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Okay. Fant, Goddard, Gusecki, Hunter Henry, Irv Smith. Oh, I might... Pat Fryermuth, Logan Thomas. Oh, I might need to take a tight end soon. It's getting yeah. That's that's where I was. That's where I was just at because I was just at the turn, and uh, <clears throat> I just took T.J. Hawkinson at the five twelve because that was a uh, that was just too much value to pass up there. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think? What kind of strategy should I be looking at here? I got two running backs, two wide. Re- I'm sorry, two running backs, two quarterbacks, and I have one wide receiver. Do I need to go with a wide receiver? Should I take one of these premier tight ends now? With what's very, it's very hard to not like Keenan Allen. <laughs> yeah. But you're also talking about tight end premium, but you were also figuring out that at this point, whatever your tight end at the moment, whether that be Fant or Jaseki, and who's the other one got it, they might not get got anywhere it. near what they might not be anywhere near what Keenan Allen can give you as well. That's um, I especially with with how we are with underdog at the moment i have been on miles gaskin a fair bit because they did nothing to to basically bring him any competition and he looked like it was his whole job last year alone um but i i know i'd be leaning keenan allen but okay you know that's he's going to give you a couple of good years isn't he in a dynasty best ball format and the way he looked with justin herbert straight away they haven't really got any other competition for targets out there. Mike, Mike Williams would be out the door in a year. Uh, Josh Palmer could be anything or nothing. Uh, Hunter Henry's out the door as well. So, like, there's a whole lot more work in us. I was going to say mm-hmm. San Diego. Jerry, Jerry Cook took over too there as well. Oh, yeah, Jerry Cook and Donald Parham and 
Yeah, great. Uh, so so <laughs> at that point, uh, I would probably be landing Keenan Allen. But again, I, I could see why you might want to go off Fant. I get it. And I could see why you might want to load up at another running back like uh, Miles Gaskin as well. So they would be the three I'd be looking at. I think for quarterback, I think you're okay at the moment. You've got Lawrence yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. I don't, you could take a flyer on a Mac Jones later if you had to. Is it super flex? It is. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, my eyes lit up at Keenan Allen for sure, despite yeah. despite his age. Like it sounds like there's a lot of value at wide receiver. Um, I don't know if he said he's available or if he's taken, but one thing we haven't talked about yet for best ball is the stacking element. Oh, We're getting wow. guys on the oh, same right. offense. You, you know, people do it sometimes in redraft, but it's a bigger deal for best ball because you get more upside if Trevor Lawrence and DJ Chark, for example, connect for like a two touchdown, 300 yard game. Or, well, Lawrence has 300 yards, but Chark has two touchdowns and 150. They both have awesome weeks. Like they hit together, they kind of die together as well. But if Chark was available, that'd be interesting from a stacking perspective to me. Because I feel like he's going to be the alpha. Is he gone? No, he's, he's there. still available. Yeah, his ADP has been falling for for some reason. I really don't understand because he had one bad year and all of a sudden they just oh, run him off. Um, he is the wide receiver one there. This is Le- Lavisca Chenault season. Apparently, I don't know if you know this. Everyone's on Lavisca Chenault. I don't it's, understand it. Bro. Yeah, it's a thing where this guy is a thing, and that's it. Chalk doesn't exist. And um, I know a lot of people else. that yeah. love Lavisca Chenault for He's sure, good, but, but there's it seems murky between him and what uh what Urban Meyer was saying about wanting to use Kadarius, not Kadarius Tony. He wanted to draft Kadarius Tony, and then instead they drafted Etn as like his replacement almost and they're i mean we're kind of just sifting through like trying to read tea leaves here but mm-hmm. what all that i took from that is that those types of targets are going to be spread more thin like these short area like yards after the catch type targets but all the, like the mm-hmm. deep targets and like the possession area things sure. like everything that chark does like he still has his role like pretty straightforward so- well-defined Mm-hmm. I don't. I think there's a pretty good floor there with even more upside, especially if Lawrence, like this is dynasty, right? So you're going to have Lawrence indefinitely, uh, and and Chark should be there right with them. I mean, contract pending, but yeah. that's always the case with dynasty, right? And and, and at that point as well, if you were going to stack, a cheaper option this year for the Jags could even be Marvin Jones. So he's mm-hmm. another guy you could look at. You're looking at an agent vet for best ball as well. You might get him. That'd be a great late round yes, target. Yes, I, mean, sure. like he's, I, know in, I know in regular best ball for underdog at the moment, he's going around about that, what, 11th, 12th round, 13th mm-hmm. round, you would say. He's yeah, I'm going to so like put even that. So if you felt like you're reaching on Chark or whatnot, say you miss out on him, he's going to be there. I mean, if, if it's at that point, it's the difference between Chark, like what you're trying to do with your team. Are you trying to win right. in the next three years? If so, I would probably. Go, go with Keenan Allen. Yeah, honestly, I would go. Chark. I will go Keenan Allen now, and mm-hmm. I have a feeling that Chark can come back around to you. And I think also Marvin Jones will be available later too, because like Dan said, people are you know, he's he's an aging vet, and I do want to win soon, so I don't have to be in this league anymore because I'm in too many. You know, win and dip out. <laughs> I, I love Maddie, but he invites me to a league like every day, and I'm like, yeah, he does. It's only $10. I was like, you invited me to like five leagues this week. So we're going to go with Keenan Allen. 
Um, and then I have a couple guys set in my queue that you guys were talking about. So we'll see what falls to me in the next few rounds. And uh, that guy's on the clock. I don't know who that is. So I got a quick question. So um, obviously this offseason with Deshaun Watson and all his issues, do you condone drafting him in best ball because it's an issue? And if you do, do you take two other quarterbacks to kind of, you know, try to figure it out in case he doesn't play? You got first, Andrew. <laughs> I was about to pass it to you. What the heck? I'm just looking up quick what his, I mean, his underdog ADP is 184. So that's the, around about the 16th round, right? Basically, round. So let me just, just it's borderline undrafted, so I would feel, I feel I, like. I'm not going to lie to you. He is my most drafted player. So yeah, I, I, I said I, that, I, Dan, because I, yeah. I, I drafted him myself because yeah. I, I got Deshaun Watson and I, I drafted you, Stafford I and Wentz. Yeah, okay. So for me, like, I, and this is in your Dynasty best ball one, I'm assuming? No, this is Underdog. The one, that, the one I'm in with you now, is it? Is yes. It, I think you're on the clock. Uh, uh, I, I, no, I, I, I'll go back to it. I don't believe in reaching for players. That's... Like, I don't really feel like you should, especially in best ball, because there are so many players that don't get drafted that are still super, super useful, right? So when when a guy like Watson falls to you in like the 17th or 18th round and hypothetically he misses a few weeks this year, but that guy has 350, 400 point upside every year, mm -hmm. I kind of look at that and go, well, I could also be drafting like Dawson Knox. So... I'm looking at Dawson well, Knox. Yeah, like, he, could, <laughs> he, could, he could be a really good third tight end. Or I could get Deshaun Watson as a third quarterback as a throw-in. And if he turns up, if he gets traded and he walks into a starting role or if he decides to pull his thumb out and turn back up again, you got a guy that's what the passing yards leader last year is Konami code, all that sort of stuff in the 16th, 17th, 18th round. I kind of swing for the fence then and I'll be like, all right, well, I can I can see why and and every time he's like fell and it hits that like late sixteenth early seventeenth I'm like well I'm okay with it at that point if he's falling that far like yeah I can I can deal with it then again so, like for all of the leagues that I've got him in it's not it's no more than maybe thirty five forty percent but if he's there that late I I kind of have a crack at yeah him. to that point he is so he is being drafted to correct what I said before he's right around. Uh, Jameis Winston, he's right in between Jameis Winston and Ben Roethlisberger. Ooh. Derek Carr and Jared Goff are around this area too. So it's like after QB 24, but before like QB 36. So he is, you know, in your roster construction, I think a QB three at this point. And I like it, you know, it's part of portfolio management, right? Would I be drafting him on all of my teams? No, but having him on a good chunk for that potential scenario where he does play some games this season, I think that that is tremendous value, like Dan was saying. You know what? People are sleeping on golf this year. I think he's a great value. He's not getting drafted. He's really, really good value. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm probably going to take him over a guy like Derek Carr, to be honest with you. Well, I, I, actually, I don't hate that. I can't wait to, to get into it with Andrew, Andrew about stacking because, like, you're going to get Hawkinson like what Porkman has, and you look at their receivers that fall after that. Let's talk it's about maybe it's more. It's maybe more. It might be Armin Ross St. Brown. It could be Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perryman, who are going super I late. 
Oh, yeah, that guy too. I don't like saying that guy. Yeah, you said not. You said not to say the C word earlier, so I didn't say it. So, um, <laughs> hey, let's talk about stacking now, then. Let's let's talk about that right now. The important. I'd love for Andrew to explain it because, from an under underdog perspective, I think that'd be. Yeah. So again, with with stacking, this is the idea of taking any combination of people on the same team and if you think that they're going to do really well in a season like they're going to do well together right so typically it's a quarterback and a wide receiver the the kyler murray deandre hopkins connection they both do great together they both do less great like if they have a bad week they have a bad week but they're if they hit on the season like if you had josh allen and stefan diggs in your best ball team last year you were in the money. Like there's no way you weren't in the money with that type of stack just because they were so good week in and week out. And so I think for teams that are, again, you're going for as much upside as you can. Part of it is just betting on an offense that's going to do really good. And part of it to the point of, you know, an example like the Lions, um, I think it is what type of stack could hit or be or have a positive return like above their ADP but it and is less owned or less rostered or less drafted than the rest of the field, right? Because not not many people are gonna have or are targeting like a Jared Goff, TJ Hawkinson, Quintez Cephas stack. But it is it's some of those late round stacks that I think you have no, no, that can differentiate yourself. And I wouldn't say that's the only stack too, either. Like you can create multiple stacks because you know you're gonna draft multiple quarterbacks multiple tight ends and a ton of wide receivers. Right. So uh, I don't know if there's certain ones that you've been targeting, Dan, or if there's a, one that you think is like more unique than the others. Yeah. yeah. It's a, I find that it depends on where, how it falls those first few rounds, especially those first four rounds. Cause we were talking about Travis Kelsey before. Like if you have Kelsey, Mahomes is in the third round and you could go off and get, I'm not so sure if you want to go Kelsey, Blair, Mahomes, but like you can go Kelsey, Mahomes and then go grab, I don't know, maybe not Hardman, maybe Robinson or whoever at the end, you could find that. But, you know, obviously those mid-early stacks like the Dallas stack, so it's Lamb, Cooper, Prescott, you could find that mm-hmm. too. You could find a late, if you want to bet on an, an offense that falls back, the Jets with Wilson, Mims, Corey Davis, those guys are falling in that mid-early digit round sort of stack. As much of a homer as I am, I'm a Giants fan. We never spoke about that. I kept that one close to my chest, but like, there's no way in hell that Kenny, Kenny Golladay is not the number one receiver there. And Daniel Jones is going in that 13th round. And if you wanted to take a flyer as well on an Ingram, Ingram, uh, you, could go, <laughs> you, could go, you could find another way to go through that, but you could, you could end up with Saquon. I'm not really the biggest fan of stacking a quarterback with a running back, but if you could, Saquon has that PPR, half PPR upside. But you know, with Golladay Jones mm-hmm. and Kadarius Tony, who's going in the 16th round. So there's a lot of stacks like that that I like. Uh, Roethlisberger is a nice second quarterback to have. All those quarterbacks are going early, uh, running wide receivers for him are going in a cluster. It's, I think it's Claypool, Johnson, Smith Schuster. You can go get Ebron as your second tight end after or stack him there as well. So there are so many ways that you can pair up your stacks with this. I My mind is blown by this because it's just all I do right now, aside from my family and job. But <laughs> finding these little stacks, it's just not like, like you can get an early Atlanta stack or a late Atlanta stack. So you could end up with Ridley, Pitts, Ryan, or you can go Ryan with Gage and Hurst. Like they fold both ways and their defense still sucks. So Ryan's still going to throw it. So 
For... You're betting on offense and you're betting on scheme. So that Dallas one's going to be a big one. Atlanta's going to be another. Uh, probably more up in the air with San Fran, Seattle. The Rams, you said before, with Stafford, and you could get a, a cluster of either maybe Higby is another tight end that you go for with either Woods or Cup. There are so many nice little stacks you can get in there as well. It's... I have one. Okay. Don't... Oh, actually, before you do, I do like the Philly stack. I, I've absolutely ignored Miles Sanders on this, but if you can end up getting, you can get in the same three or four round kind of quota, you can get Devonta Smith, Jalen Hurts, and uh, Jalen uh, Rager as well. And if you're unlucky on missing one of those receivers, got it, will be there too. So like that Philly offense, I'm not a, and you guys, Hawkman, Mike, you can say what the defense is like. Maybe it's improved, maybe it hasn't. I think it'll be better than last year. If you've got a mobile, yeah, well, <laughs> hey, maybe. But if you've got a mobile quarterback with those two young receivers and a tight end like got it, and you can find a combination of those four, that could be huge too. And you're not overpaying for them either. I want to hear uh, Michael's stack. Super super value: Cam Newton and Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Damn. I mean, we're, we're talking, so we're talking, if I can, Cam Newton is cool for how late he's going. But he could also run the risk of only playing six games this year. So that that's is- the only problem with that. Like, I've mm-hmm. got Cam Newton in a few. I have Nelson Aguilar in a few. But it's also – yeah. yeah, it's so cheap. But it could be also be a six-game thing and then what? I'm yeah, going to go ahead and – Go like ahead, quarterback. Parker. I'm sorry. You guys are talking about, like, quarterback running back stacks. You can get, like, Dalvin Cook early and then get Kirk Cousins really late because he's always throwing him in the ball too. So I feel like that's a good does- stack as well. You can also throw in Irv Smith as well because Minnesota mm-hmm. were one of the tight end red zone happy teams with Rudolph and Irv Smith last year. So if you're getting Kirk Cousins, what Kirk Cousins is, what the 14th round, he's going 15th round. I think he's going after Jones. And that's definitely going late. Yeah, you, you can, you can end up. Pick up Kirk Cousins and Emmer Smith Marset as a good stack. Oh, I like Emmer Smith. We love Emmer Smith Marset. Yeah. So I. I'll, I'll say this. I think it's a great uh, it's a great time to do best ball now because a lot of people are in that rookie draft mode and they're picking up Amir Smith Marset, whatever his name. <laughs> so a lot of people are grabbing these rookies that might play two, three games. And well, it's, if it's for dynasty, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm team underdog at the moment, so I'm not thinking in that. In that just respect. saying, just throwing that out. Yeah, there. you could. I mean, are you guys well, doing dynasty stuff at any point, Andrew? You think? Yeah, I've got. I think I've got a. Dynasty startup that I did one already with uh, the founder of the Undroppables at 101 Chalk. He's got his Chalk League. So I did one of those already this year. Um, ran through that startup, it was like 30 rounds. <laughs> it just kind of got my itch post draft. And then <laughs> uh, got another one starting tomorrow with another member of the Undroppables. So neither of those are best ball, but. You think Underdog would do any Dynasty best ball at any point? It's a good question. I I think it's. I I, don't, I could to say that it's probably not on the table right now, but okay. it's an interesting conversation, right? I think I we like- right now we think of ourselves as like a fantasy gaming mm-hmm. app, right? So, I don't know where managed leagues falls into that, or like into right. that niche, right? Because we're pretty much like, I mean, yeah, we have the season long with best ball, but you're not going in and managing a league right now with with your tools you're kind of just setting or drafting and then being able to look back at your lineups i feel like if you guys did it you would do it really well if it makes oh no i appreciate that we have an amazing dev team you you guys i mean it's great like and what i like is and you're now available in pennsylvania 
which yes. is huge. Fantastic. Yes. I don't understand. You know, um, well, actually, so not to plug someone else's podcast, but Scott Fish does a podcast called Commission Impossible. You have to search. I could, you know what, Bob, you get to find this because um, I'm supposed to tell people that the link is in the description. So you get to find the Commission Impossible podcast and put the link in the description for when Scott Fish is talking about why certain gaming sites are not in certain states because it costs a shit ton of money. <laughs> like, in some states, um, you have to pay like $50,000 to even like apply for a gaming license, something like that. It's Andrew. I mean, you, I don't know if you necessarily deal with that aspect of underdog, but you can't just like, here's an app you guys play and we're available in every state you know, in Canada, by the way, it just, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Right. Some places are a regulatory nightmare and that's not to say that PA is like, we're really stoked to be there. I think it was just more of a, a timing situation where the, this is a long time coming for us. And we're, we're really excited that we're there now for drafts. I'm excited too because, you know, I, I play. Uh, I, there's other sites I want to play and I can't. So it was mostly just DraftKings, but now for my my DFS stuff. But now I have another option. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about it. To be honest with you, I'll definitely and play underdog. I feel like when I'm on vacation this year in July, and I have some downtime, <laughs> I'm going to be doing gonna... yeah. a ton of best ball drafts. I was just away. That's all I did. That's that's it. <laughs> My kids are in the pool. Don't worry about them. It's fine. <laughs> there's, there's lifeguards, right? I'm on the clock. Yeah, there, hey? there's lifeguards there at the pool, right? That's right. Don't worry. They, there's a, I'm sure the pools are the right height. <laughs> <laughs> swimming, right, swimming, less, swimming lessons have to start paying for themselves at some point, right? <laughs> right. We Kick. took my daughter for a swimming lesson when she was one and a half, and it was the most pointless thing. Like, you hold them, and then they just they splash. And I'm like... Yeah. It's oh well. Here's thirty dollars. Thank you. I'll see you next week. <laughs> so before we wrap up, do you guys have any other uh, you know advice? Any other strategy tidbits that you want to give to our listeners? Because I don't know what our entire listener base is like. Myself, I'm a best ball noob. Pork, I don't think I am too. All right, so we're both on. This, and you know, Chev, he couldn't make it tonight, but he's gonna listen in because he doesn't know anything about best ball. He doesn't play it. He's like me. So how could you help a first timer? And uh, I know Nate's all about it, so he just had other uh, obligations tonight. So, you know, help help our listeners here with some good uh, good strategy tips. I think the biggest thing is kind of doing some searching around on different fantasy sites for those best ball guys. I know a lot of sites are putting that kind of content out right now. Obviously you can reach out to Dan with any questions. Cause I know he's deep in the best ball streets on underdog. Right. And I'm happy to do that as well. I uh, feel free to DM me or just tweet at me. I'm, I'm happy with you guys like Phil and excuse me, pork man and, and Michael, like we want to just start a thread talking about best ball options and stacks. I'm happy to, jump in there and give my thoughts uh you guys i know we're like constantly evaluating players from different perspectives like for redraft and dynasty so i think that you can just take that edge you have there from evaluation and factor it into your best ball strategy that and and i think like dan had alluded to right now is one of the best times to play best ball because Mm -hmm. we are using it not just as a fun way to play and like chance to win some money off your friends or win money in this tournament, but um, 
using it as kind of a mock drafting tool as well. I love using it from that angle because people are putting a couple bucks in, they're putting their money where their mouth is. They're not like they're taking the draft seriously, right? Even if it is with a best ball angle, they're still in their mind thinking like, well, I'm taking the best player like available to me at that, at that point. Right. So uh, I think our ADP on underdog is the sharpest around. I've heard plenty of folks that are drafting on, on underdog say that. So it's very indicative of where players are valued. And I think if you, if you think, you know, something that other people don't, you can potentially jump in there and and draft some teams or some stacks that uh, maybe no one else is thinking about, whether it's the jets or, or the lions or, one show my Titans right now. If you think Julio Jones is going to get traded to the Titans, Julio Jones is a screaming value on underdog right now. Mm-hmm. And you could go a Julio, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Ryan Tannehill stack pretty easily. You know, Andrew, I want to touch on your ADP real quick. I was browsing on the app at lunch today. Your ADP, I thought, was really good. For example, sleepers ADP, no matter what you do, is always jacked. So, <laughs> I don't know where you're coming up with this stuff. You can't even find people. Underdog can do it. You know, what's I noticed story? there are some folks on the sleeper ADP that their ADP is just 999. Yeah, and like, out on some picks. There's guys that are retired. Yeah. Like Sam Bradford's ADP was higher than Kellen Mons. Yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> so, I tweeted at him. They said, Oh, don't worry. We fixed it. They didn't fix it. But then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any other strategy tips that you have yeah, for other I, I think. In, what's important is be patient. If it's a 30 second timer or an eight hour timer, don't panic. Like, be patient. And your roster construct does matter. Andrew was talking about it before, whether it's two quarterbacks, two tight ends, those onesie positions that we know about. If you go early, do you really need to like go uh, get a mid range guy? Can wait something. Your construct matters. Be patient. Let the draft fall. You don't reach all those little things that. You kind of talk about like with a redraft draft, you can almost half apply it with a best ball angle as we spoke about. Um, I think, again, now is a great time to get in because, again, I think everyone's ADP is sort of skewed to dynasty drafting. So people are reaching on rookies and we all know how that goes. Like they're going way too early without knowing a role. I think think the next best time to draft is then, I mean, it's always a good time to draft. But I think the next best time to draft is in that redraft season because people who haven't been paying attention are just going to flood the ADP back and you can get better value there too. So always keep your like nose in the game when it comes to that. But no, I think being patient and don't panic with best ball because people make mistakes because they reach or they do all these sorts of weird things and they don't have a real plan with it or they have a plan and they're too headstrong. Just pick your best team, pick what you know, and you'll be fine. Right. Okay. And uh, sign up now. You could use our promo code Rewind. And uh, Andrew, what do they get if they use that promo code right now? So when you make your first deposit using the code Rewind, you will get 25 bucks in bonus cash to use on the app. That's equal to one free entry into Best Ball Mania 2, which is our uh, the largest season-long best ball tournament going right now. The top prize is $1 million and $1. So we added that extra dollar on there to, <laughs> to make sure it was the biggest tournament for best ball. Uh, $3.5 million in total prizes. So, yeah, if you if you want to use 25 bucks on that, you can. Or you can you know set, set some pick-em slips, the NBA playoffs. You can get in a couple smaller drafts for like 3 bucks a piece. That ton of different ways that you can use that free 25 bucks when you deposit. Yeah. You know, you listen to this show. 
and you got Dan Rozier up there guiding you along the way. So you're going to win some money um, for sure. So, absolutely. So Andrew, Dan, thank you so much for, um, for coming on. I almost forgot to say, I even, I even DM'd you earlier, you know, Andrew Mackins, the Mac attack was in the house. I meant to say it. So we stuck it in at about you got it in there. almost 56 minutes. So, um, you know, guys, thank you again for taking time out of your evening and joining us, helping guide our listeners who might be best ball noobs. So, Andrew, tell everybody before we head out where they could find you and what you have going on. You know, do you do anything else uh, besides uh, working with Underdog right now? Yeah, so I'm the editor-in-chief at The Undroppables. So if you guys haven't uh, seen our website there, we have some awesome resources there. We're going to be doing some more best ball content as well. Uh, TheUndroppables.com is where you can find our written content. Uh, and yeah, just again, if you have questions on the best ball format and my thoughts on different players or strategies, uh, you can reach me on Twitter, follow me at Andrew Mackins. All right. And Dan, how about yourself? Yeah, I, I am at the B league says on Twitter, uh, I write for going for two.com and now we can say the dynasty rewind the cats out of the bag on that, which is great. Uh, I also co-host host co-host uh the gotham city sports radio podcast as well which is a bunch of fun and that's where i'm at and that's what i'm doing and uh speaking of which you can find all of our written content on patreon and bob told me to say seeing that it's the first of the month there's no time like the present to hop on over to our patreon where you'll get exclusive access to written content bonus podcast dynasty rankings as well as group chat access within our growing community if all that wasn't enough, we'll be raffling off an entry to the Scott Fishbowl this Friday, June 4th, to our group of patrons as a thank you for their ongoing support. So you have a couple days yet. Yes, Dan, you're pointing at something. We also have a mini best ball miniseries strategy, me and Bob. We've got that coming soon as well for all Patreons for Dynasty Rewind. So we're going okay. over different strategies, a, a, a few things that have happened during so a couple of drafts. So say I did RB Heavy or Zero Tight End or whatever it may have been. I'm just going over some of the outcomes that have played out for what I've been going through, which has been extremely frustrating, but extremely <laughs> fun. The actual videos have been fun to do with Bob. The actual drafting was at times uh, tedious. If you've ever gone tight end, tight end, tight end, well, guess what your boy Jeez. did? Yeah, no, I wasn't. Lots of good stuff heading, you know, happening over on the Patreon. And, you know, we, uh, I see the guys in the group chat always starting little best ball tournaments. So, um, definitely hop in there you know, and they do them pretty cheap. They're not doing like crazy expensive ones or anything like that. So check Dan's workout, check out everything Andrew's got going on and pork until I see you again next week. No more podcasts for us this week. That's weird, right? I know. Um, and we're done with this is January. We just did our last rookie breakdowns for our last Patreon show of the week. Uh, congrats. That was fun. Five months of rookie breakdowns. Nice. Tired. So, Pork, where can we find you? You can find me at FF Porkman on Twitter. And I'm telling you guys right now, download Underdog. It's it's a ton of fun. Everything is clean. Everything is good. And just go for it. It's, it don't hurt. 25 bucks to start up isn't a joke either. That's it's ridiculous. Nice. You get to that. You get that one million dollar prize pool, or you got five five uh, leagues, whatever it may be. You can do so much with that. Well, look, you, yeah. you you're getting fifty bucks, right? You're putting in twenty five. You're getting twenty five. Yeah. So you're starting off. Money, <laughs> starting off with with fifty dollars. So you can't beat that. 
And uh, until next time, everybody, if you are so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at Rewind CEO. I would much rather you follow Twitter at or the show at Dynasty Rewind. Check us out everywhere. We have Facebook group. We have obviously the Twitter, Instagram. Check out our YouTube. Dan, he's doing some great stuff over there with Bob. They're putting stuff out every week. We got Mock Monday. We took a week off because of the Memorial Day honoring our fallen troops, but we have stuff coming out every other day of the week for the most part. And until next time, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.